Welcome to Planet Classroom. I am Orb. Join me as your virtual guide on a journey of global learning called Planet Classroom. You will hear stories from artists, musicians, dancers, technologists, game makers, filmmakers, innovators, and creators of all kinds from around the world. It's time to engage our imaginations, share our ideas, and explore solutions for a brighter future for all. Our planet is a classroom where learning together brings us together. In the late 19th century, thousands of Japanese immigrants from a feudal island arrived on these shores to help clear the forest, harvest the seas, and develop the wealth of a young country. What they met was white hostility. Human rights, peace, tolerance, and intercultural understanding are the themes of today's show. We will be discussing three films that focus on these important topics. The first film up is Swimming Upstream, an eye-opening story that documents the discrimination faced by Japanese Canadians and their struggle for justice from the British Columbia government. The film is directed by Marika Umatsu. Gone was Vancouver's Japantown, the geographical heart of the community, where the pulse was felt, where more than 8,000 people lived, worked, and played. 59 language schools in the province were closed. Education was disrupted. Vibrant business communities were wiped out. Future generations lost touch with their heritage, resulting in the loss of language and culture. My name is Marika Omatsu. I am in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I am on Planet Classroom. I made Swimming Upstream in 2018 to set out the Japanese-Canadians' claim for redress against the province of British Columbia. In a previous life, when I was a newly minted lawyer, I helped negotiate the Japanese-Canadians' $400 million redress settlement against the federal government. Then, bam, out of the blue, 40 years later, University of Victoria's Landscapes of Injustice Collective proved that a more virulent and nefarious underbelly of greedy and racist British Columbian politicians, with the support of the electorate, had orchestrated our demise. This new information made public four years ago angered my community and the BC Redress campaign was launched. The community is seeking five remedies for the wrongs done. Firstly, provide programs for the health and wellness of the survivors, those born after April 1st, 1949, which is the date that Japanese Canadians receive rights of citizenship. Secondly, take concrete steps to combat hate and racial discrimination against any targeted group, with a formal acknowledgement of the wrongs done by the British Columbia government to Japanese Canadians. Thirdly, 
embed anti-racism studies in the province's school curricula, highlighting, amongst others, the history of Japanese Canadians. Fourthly, restore Japanese Canadian heritage sites, such as the incarceration camps. And lastly, create a community legacy fund for nurturing Japanese Canadian culture and community rebuilding. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. I have been a lawyer and a judge for over 40 years, and my 15-minute film conveys more than a thousand minutes of legal argument. I made Swimming Upstream to make the Japanese-Canadian case against British Columbia and expose the province's deep racist roots. I hope that viewers will side with Japanese Canadians who were held under the boot of the state. I want them to be outraged, to support the Japanese Canadian community in its redress talks with the BC government, and to speak out against racism against any targeted group. My name is Ronnie Kobayashi. I'm from Toronto and I'm on Planet Classroom. I identify as a Japanese Canadian. I also identify as an Indo-Canadian. My upbringing was in many ways privileged as I got the unique opportunity to experience these two different cultures. And although I consider my mixed ethnicity to be a huge part of who I am, I have struggled with my identity since I was a kid. I've often wondered why myself, my dad, and even my grandparents don't speak Japanese. I've wondered why of all my 16 cousins, none of them are full Japanese. And I've dealt with people asking me questions like why I don't know much about sushi or why my dad and I have never been to Japan. This film, Swimming Upstream, actually provided me with some explanations to these questions I've had since I was young. I think it's essential that Canada's youth watch this film to understand the mistakes their country has made, to better understand the history of Canada, and to ensure that injustices like these don't happen again. I honestly think the main takeaway for the youth audiences who watch this film will be, wow, this really happened. I had no idea. And it's disheartening to admit that, but I think spreading amazing work like this film will begin the process of allowing Japanese Canadians to tell their stories and be heard by our fellow Canadians. My name is Natasa Uehara. I'm originally from Osaka, Japan, but was raised in Burnaby, BC, and I'm on Planet Classroom. I wasn't aware that there was no Japantown in Canada. Um, I was very fortunate to grow up in an area that had a lot of Asian markets, and I spent a lot of time going back and forth between Japan and Canada throughout my childhood. So it never really occurred to me that there wasn't a Japantown. But I definitely think there should be a Japantown, um, and I'm very hopeful that one will be established in the future. I think that there is a real value to acknowledging the past and listening to the pain and trauma that history has caused. Um, as youths, we are building our future as we speak. So I think that it's important that we learn from the past and learn from the mistakes and make sure that things like ethnic cleansing, property disposition, and community destruction never happen in our future. My name is Emiko Newman. I live on the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations, also known as Vancouver, and I am on Planet Classroom.
I think an important takeaway for youth audiences who watch this film, Swimming Upstream, is that this is very recent history, and the ramifications are very much still being felt today. And I think it's easy to learn about historical injustices that were committed and to relegate those events to the past. We might feel like, oh, that was so long ago, racism isn't as prevalent today as it was back then. But really, acts of hate and oppression are happening every day here in Canada. COVID in particular has really highlighted and brought to the surface the many ways in which structural and institutional racism continue to harm communities of color. It's also important to note that the fight for redress by Japanese Canadians is ongoing. It was literally just this past week that the province of British Columbia agreed to provide $2 million to the Nikkei Seniors Healthcare and Housing Society in Burnaby, British Columbia, to support survivors of the internment. So, yes, these are historic injustices that were committed, uh, but we are very much still feeling the effects today. My name is Ramses Mickey Hansen. I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan, and I'm on Planet Classroom. I think that one of the main takeaways for youth after watching this film would be the realization that Canada has treated ethnic minorities very poorly throughout history. You know, we have this image of modern Canada being a multicultural paradise, which in reality is a bit of a fabrication. It's very much a way that Canada presents itself, both to Canadians and to people outside Canada. Things have undoubtedly changed, but Canada is far from perfect. We can look at the amount of racism towards East Asians since the COVID-19 pandemic began. It's real and it's scary. You know, I'm, I'm afraid for the older members of my community. We can also look at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission on Indigenous Residential Schools, which finished in 2015. And that was the first time that residential schools came to national consciousness, something as huge as the residential schools. Very few Canadians were aware of them before that. But these realities are a part of Canadian history, and it's really important for you to confront them and to not turn away from them. My name is Kate Furr. I'm from West Des Moines, Iowa, and I'm on Planet Classroom. Wherever you come from, knowing the racial injustices in any country's history is important. Many history classes, at least where I came from in rural Iowa, only mentioned what I call white history, intentionally leaving out mention of racial injustice and working only on white, quote, heroism. It is important to know that every country has been affected by racial injustices within their history. However, how these countries choose to move forward is what really matters. How do they treat racial minorities now? The Armenian Genocide was the systematic mass murder and ethnic cleansing of around one million ethnic Armenians by the Ottoman Empire and its ruling party during World War I. In the film, Suran Webcast, now screening on the Planet Classroom Network YouTube channel, students from Armenia, the United States, and Jordan come together to discuss Suran a virtual reality film 
inspired by the genocide. Academy Award-winning director Terry George, producer Eric Asrelian, and the students reflect on the important lessons to be learned and their relevance to today's world. The basic stimulus for genocide is fear. Fear of other people, fear of, the, of someone being different, of persecution of someone because their hair is too short, their skin color is different, they speak a different language, they have different customs. We have to right away recognize that as a seed of hatred and denounce it. Silence is actually encouraging the seeds of genocide. My name is Patricia Pahinag. I'm from Oahu, Hawaii, and I am on Planet Classroom. One thing that moved me about Sarum webcast is the impact the virtual reality film had on the students who watched it. I personally have never heard of the Armenian Genocide until watching the film, and learning about the way in which these students learn more about it is amazing. In schools, we are often taught with lectures and textbooks and are rarely exposed to the emotional impact these tragic events had on the people. I think schools should definitely start incorporating these virtual learning methods to gain a better understanding and to be able to place ourselves into the perspectives of those affected rather than just memorizing the events that took place. My name is Anaina Dalal. I'm from India and I'm on Planet Classroom. Throughout the film, one of the main things that stuck with me was how respectfully and carefully the students were dealing with the topic at hand. The delicacy of the issue and the understanding that the Armenian genocide would be a sensitive topic for the people they were speaking with about it was commendable. For the youth, I think one of the main messages would be of our ability to make a difference by just talking with people who have faced or know of certain issues to understand it better. It made me realize that as a young student myself, the first step to any change is acknowledgement of a problem and its severity. Then, and maybe most importantly, it is to find our inner humanity as a leading approach to any issue. So we're here, there's no shade. You can see all the people trying to find their families. On the US side, it feels like a war zone. On the Mexican side, there's artwork, music. He's over there. One thousand nine hundred and fifty-four miles of border separate the U.S. and Mexico. But within this area, there is a small stretch of land where families can touch fingertips through the fence. Through the wall is the story of one such family. Abril is forced to raise her son, Julian, alone in the U.S. Julian's father was stopped by police for a minor traffic incident and was deported back to Mexico. In order to see each other, Uriel, Abril, and Julian must cross difficult terrain to reach the border fence where they spend time together through the wall. 
This is how we touch hair, fingertips. I'm happy because I saw him. I can see that he's growing up really good, but it's hard because I can't kiss him. It's horrible. If you look close enough, you can almost see past the wall. I can almost see his sad eyes. At least we can talk. We talked about when he got his first tooth, his first step. My name is Natalia Vargas. I'm from Mexico and I am on Planet Classroom. I was really moved by this film and by the situation of this family. I just couldn't believe that they had been seeing each other through the wall for two years. It also made me realize that sometimes we do not appreciate the time we have with our family and we should be thankful because we have them near to us and we can feel more than just their fingertips. I think after watching this film, young people will start to value their family and the moments they have with them. Because at the end, we don't know if today or maybe tomorrow is the last day we're gonna have the ones we love here. Hello guys, my name is Rohan Dattani. I'm from Ahmedabad, Gujarat, and I'm on Planet Classroom. The film Through the Wall was really inspiring and really moving. It really showed how imperative a family is, especially for younger children. As shown in the film, the wife and a son had to walk through, through so many different terrains, from muddy rainforests to sandy deserts. And this persistence was what moved me a lot because I always tend to crib or be helpless when I face a problem. In my opinion, the takeaway for the young viewers of this film would be that do not give up on any situation, no matter how bad it is. And instead of cribbing and showing helplessness, you should always try and find a solution to tackle that problem as soon as you can. My name is Berenice Manzano and I am on Planet Classroom. After watching the film, I was really moved by the family's strength to continue being a family even after the father was deported. I think for many children who have immigrant parents like me, the idea of separation is something very scary and it's always in the back of your head. You know, it's something that no matter where you go, it could be a simple trip to the grocery store or it could be you taking a walk with your parents. That idea of maybe your parents will be deported is something that's always in your head. And it's something very, very scary that many people have yet to realize how scary it is to be living like that. I think for audiences, however, that know of this issue and have lived through this, it's just a reminder that our home countries still do not accept our parents or our family members into our societies and still view them as threats or view them as criminals. And it is a very touchy subject, especially here in the United States. But I think that these are the type of films that showcase the importance of family connections in many of these immigrant families and how even through the struggles they have, they're able to still connect with one another. 
We certainly had a lot of good ideas to share with you today. Thank you to all our guests. Merika Omatsu, Kate, Patricia, Emiko, Ramses, Rani, Natasa, Roanch, Natalia, Anania, and Berenice. Don't miss Swimming Upstream, Sirun Webcast, and Through the Wall, now showing on the Planet Classroom Network YouTube channel. That's all, my human friends, for this week. I leave you with a reminder to explore your world, express yourself, discover, create, and use your imagination. Until next time, be kind, be curious, and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.